And now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Ali Shorten. I'm Stefan and today on the show are my five comes from Adea. Uh, Stefan Hans catch up with Trans Pride Southwest. And our final Just Like Us podcast. Uh, all that and more today right here on Shout Out. So hello everyone, welcome to another lockdown shout out. Mm. How are we all? Uh, well, welcome to Matthews, nice to have you back with us. Uh, good. Yes, hello, it's lovely to be here. Mm. Or there, um, in the clouds, yeah. floating somewhere. Yeah, all, all over the place we are at the moment. So, um, As always, none of us are in the studio, we're all from home, so we all sound really different, you understand why. So, um, But there's myself, there's Steph, um, as you just heard, uh, hello to Hans. Hello. Um, the lovely Andy Hole is here. How um, many of us are in East um, Bristol? Somewhere under the stairs, I believe, is Terry. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. He's absolutely. in the cellar with Matt Damon. He's not Terry's in, no, Terry's in South Bristol, isn't he? That's correct, yes. Terry's in South yeah. Bristol. Hans yeah. and Andy are in East Bristol. I'm in East Bristol in a little village called Bath. Um, Andy, I'm technically East Bristol. I'm just up from Hans, am I not? Yeah, you are East no. Bristol, Andy. You, you, you are you are the Andy Matthew, East Bristol. Matthew, I have to admit, I don't know where you are. Are you are you Bristol? I'm fairly central, but oh, south right. of the river. Okay. South of the river. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, myself and Matthew are south of the river. Okay. Is this a significance of being south of the river or something then? <laughs> oh, only if you're into football, I think. But uh, oh, it, it right, was something yeah. as a student, people in Bristol said, well, you're north or south of the river. Because yeah, that, that, that has more meaning if you're in London, doesn't it, being north or south of the river? I think so. Yeah. yeah. What, if you're in EastEnders or not? <laughs> that's, that's, that's east or west. That would, that oh, yeah. would be like West End Well, West we End all girls. know geography is my strong point, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where I am in Bristol. I just know what bus to get to get to. You're near the Eiffel Tower. It's <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, anyway, um, Pat Show coming up today, and, and a last as well from GALU, isn't it? So, um, But uh, let's head over and kick them straight off. Um, let's catch up with Hidayah. My five on shout out. Dear shout out radio listeners, my name is Usman. My pronouns are he, him. I identify as a gay Muslim man. I volunteer for an organization called Hadaya. Our mission is to provide support for LGBTQI plus Muslims and promote social justice and education around the queer Muslim community so that we can counter discrimination prejudice and injustice. Hi, my name is Aisha Tisdell and I'm currently an international traveler living in Thailand at the moment and I also have a YouTube channel called Authentically Aisha Tisdell and I share my journey through vlogs and travel and just being a black queer Muslim. Today's segment we are chatting about the effects of homophobic comments and negative attitudes towards the queer Muslim community online and how to handle it. Of course, being a queer Muslim YouTuber, I'm definitely no stranger to trolls, so this is how I handle it. 
So the first thing is I have to understand that they don't hate me. They just actually hate themselves. No mentally healthy person would see someone's joy and go out their way just to bring them pain. So I try not to take it personal and realize that it's actually not me. It's them. Secondly, you also have to protect your space. So I choose to either ignore the comment. And if it really, really bothers me, I'm not shy to put that block and delete button into use. <laughs> Um, so the third thing, um, of course, you know, I get the you're going to hell and you're not a Muslim comments, um, which doesn't affect me because we have a part in our scripture and our religion, which says that our holy prophet, peace be upon him, said no person accuses another person of being a sinner or of being a non-believer, but it reflects back on him. And if the other is not as he called him, and it's in a book called Bukhari, and it's titled Book of Ethics, and it's book 78, chapter 44. And since I'm so proud to be a Black and queer Muslim, and if that's what I claim to be, it reflects that character on the other person to basically tell me otherwise. So the fourth thing is I also had to change my perspective. Basically, when I have trolls, they're actually helping me more than they're helping me. For example, YouTube measures great content based off of engagement. So if I'm happy with my content, happy with myself, no matter if the comment is negative or positive, YouTube just sees it as positive engagement. So that creates more money in my bank account and more attention for my channel. The last and final thing, which is, you know, for me, a really big thing is that there is not one influential person on this earth that hasn't faced adversity and haters. So technically having trolls and haters just confirms how legit you are and how big of an impact you're making. So when I remember the Malcolm X's and Blair Manny's and RuPaul's of the world, I understand that it just comes with the package of creating change and openly being comfortable with yourself. And I'm totally okay with that. No matter what you do or say, someone will always have an opinion about it. Most people can't keep themselves happy. So don't be offended and take it personal if you can't keep, you know, every single person that comes across you happy. Be you, be happy, shine bright, and let the world adjust to you. Never adjust for the world. Thank you, Aisha, for those positive words. Please follow us on social media at Hadaya LGBT and at Authentically Aisha Tisdale. Thank you so much, listeners. If you have a story you could tell in five minutes, get in contact. Visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you. This is Shout Out News on Thursday the 19th of November. Friday the 20th of November will mark the Transgender Day of Remembrance. This was inaugurated in 1999 to bear witness to violence against transgender people. Bristol, with its diverse population and a large LGBTQ community infrastructure, has marked this event for some years. Events this year are, as with the summer pride season, radically altered and are taking place online. LGBTQ media have joined together to allow people to 
to participate remotely in acts of remembrance and solidarity with the trans community. If you are interested in taking part from home, then a two-hour programme will be broadcast on the Trans Plus community radio station Trans Radio UK on the evening of the 20th of November. Annie Wallace of Hollyoaks fame is the first transgender woman to regularly play a transgender woman on British television. This week, however, the star was wishing the cast and crew of another soap opera well, as television rivalries were put aside to acknowledge the approaching 60th anniversary of ITV's flagship evening drama Coronation Street. Originally devised by a gay man, Tony Warren, Corrie was originally intended as a six-week drama series produced by the old ITV region in the northwest of England, Granada TV. But it proved such a hit with viewers that it carried on week by week and is now one of the world's most celebrated ongoing television dramas. Annie Wallace says that she helped advise the Coronation Street team in the early 90s when they introduced the programme's first trans character, the popular Hayley. Today, Coronation Street and Hollyoaks both have regular LGBTQ representation. Coronation Street reaches its grand diamond mark on December 9th and for those of you who are soap fanatics, Annie Wallace shares that she remembers watching Corrie as a young child and was terrified that stern matron Ina Sharples, played by the late Violet Carson, would come to her door to tell her off any time she was naughty. Now, there's a frightening thought. Unison, Britain's largest trade union, has published a guide to being a trans ally in its November magazine, You. The two-page article addresses issues such as dead naming, challenging prejudice and just being a friend to trans plus people. It addresses such issues such as cisgender people's anxiety about what terminology and pronouns to use and in what circumstances. But it also strikes a light-hearted note and reminds people, above all, trans people are first and foremost people. And being trans is just one part of them. You can talk to them about other things too. The football, Coronation Street, whatever. Google, one of the world's largest corporations, is sometimes accused of not doing enough to stop the dissemination of hate or misinformation about minorities on the internet. Sometimes this failure to police what goes on is due to the sheer size of the internet and its wild west and unregulated nature, which is both a blessing and a curse. But as a corporation, we need to note that Google is an equal opportunities employer and is a supporter of LGBTQ freedom. On its landing page this week, there is a small trans pride flag which leads you to a whole series of trans portals on the web, allowing the browser to explore more of trans life and identities. Thanks, Google. For many people, the internet is their lens through which to view the world, so having a trans acknowledgement and links to resources is more than just educational, it can be a lifeline. Pink News and our friends at Trans Radio UK report that transgender father Freddie McConnell has had his appeal to the UK highest court rejected. Mr McConnell wanted to be registered as either father or parent on his child's birth certificate. But because he actually gave birth, the Supreme Court found the same as the High Court and the Court of Appeal namely that Mr. Mr McConnell has to be registered as a mother. A spokesperson for the Supreme Court said that the applications do not raise an arguable point of law which ought to be considered at this time, bearing in mind that the cases were the subject of judicial decision and reviewed on appeal. 
Mr McConnell still has the recourse to the European Court of Human Rights, which, despite the inaccurate reporting of the Daily Mail and similar newspapers, lies outside of the European Union and will therefore still be available for hearing cases from the UK after the implementation of Brexit. Stonewall boss Nancy Kelly said the latest court defeat was deeply disappointing. She added, All parents, including LGBT plus parents, deserve to be recognised for who they are and it's incredibly frustrating frustrating that the Supreme Court has missed an opportunity to progress equality. And the United States President-elect Joe Biden has appointed a high-flying transgender woman and security expert to help formulate the transfer of power in military matters to the new administration, which takes office in January. Pink News takes up the story saying that Sean Kelly has already cut her teeth into the Obama administration, where she was a director of the Office of the Executive Secretariat of the Department of Transportation. Now Skelly is on the panel, which will be evaluating the Department of Defence, assessing its needs and capabilities for the challenges of the next decade. Ms Skelly is also the Vice President and Co-Founder of Out in National Security, a group which speaks out on LGBTQ rights in the armed forces and intelligence agencies. For these news stories and more, you can check out our website at shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shoutout News, this has been Hans Peregrine and Matthew Tosh. Shoutout News. National and international LGBT news for you. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. Uh, there you go. The shocking Miss uh, Kyra Emerald. I think the, think the album is just called The Shocking Miss Emerald, uh, but that's called uh, Completely. So uh, Now, this week, uh, the show is called Trans Awareness. Um, and Steph and Hans, I believe you've been catching up with some friends of ours over at uh, um, Trans Pride. Do you want to intro this bit? Yeah, um, it was Spencer and Alfie who we caught up with. Um, it is Trans Awareness Week this week, and it is Trans Day of Remembrance uh, this coming weekend. Mm. And um, we just wanted to know more about what events were happening uh, with specifically Trans Pride Southwest. Cool. Uh, have a listen to this. Now, relatively speaking, uh, Trans Pride Southwest are quite a new organisation, and I'm joined by Spencer and Alfie from Trans Pride Southwest. Um, first of all, Spencer, can you give me a bit of background, um, some history on Trans Pride Southwest? Of course. So, Trans Pride Southwest, we're in our fifth year this year. We've been running since 2016. Um, I originally joined the team back in 2017, I believe. Um, and over these five years, we've gone from being quite a small event happening just over a weekend to this year having a full programme of events across the week. Um, we're really excited to have grown so much in the last five years and we're really excited for where we're going to go in the future as well. Could you tell us a little bit about what's been going on this week? Because obviously we're um, in our second lockdown. So what has that meant for you? It's been really hard in second lockdown, I think, for everyone, but especially for the trans community. Um, so much of... Uh, the joy of being trans in Bristol is the community that we have and being able to see each other at events whether they're support groups or nights out or workshops so I think it's been really hard not being able to do those things in Mm -hmm. person Um, so really for this week for Trans Awareness Week and also for Trans Pride Southwest we really wanted to focus on putting on some events that 
um, kind of helped connect the trans community again um, and that we can see each other again, even whilst we're in lockdown. Okay, that sounds really interesting. How have you gone about doing that? So we've organised a range of events um, for the week. Some of them are social in nature. Some of them are more like workshops and talks um, with a variety of people from across Bristol uh, and the Southwest um, coming together on a variety of topics as well. So we're um, going ranging from geek culture to poetry uh, to clothing to sort of more um, panel style conversations about what it means to be trans in Bristol in 2020. Um, so hopefully there's a bit of something for everyone and that everyone can find an event that they'll enjoy. Alfie, um, how difficult has it been setting up uh, Trans Pride Southwest online? Well, I'm a sort of pragmatic type of person. So instead of working out how hard it is not to do something, I try and work out, okay, what we got, what can we do instead? So I'd say it's different rather than difficult. That's a really good way to look at it, at kind of taking it on as a new experience and seeing how you can work with the situation rather than seeing it as an obstacle. Yeah, exactly. Well, I am a Liverpool supporter, so that's the sort of thing we do. <laughs> I think you just said that live on air, Alfie. <laughs> Don't mind. <laughs> I like that. So have you both been working together to look at the different things that you can put on this week? And has it changed sort of over the last few months with what you initially had planned? Or is it very similar, but just being done in a different way? Definitely. Um, so usually we meet in person to plan and we usually start... Uh, we're on every November, so we usually start around February, March time. Mm. We meet at the Phoenix outside. Sometimes if it's nice in the summer, we can have a drink outside. Um, but this has been really different planning. Um, we've had to do all our planning meetings virtually um, via Zoom. So we actually haven't seen each other in a long time, which is a shame. Um, and it has made the planning process really different. We were wondering if we were would be would be able to do some more in-person events, um, depending on whether we would be in a second lockdown or not. Um, we decided to err, err on the side of caution though, and actually that's turned out to be a good decision because we are in the second lockdown. Yeah. Um, yeah. It has been a challenge to plan though, because it's hard to plan events when you don't really know what's coming, but we've tried <laughs> our best. It sounds like you've done um, a really great job. And obviously this week's a really important week for the trans community. Definitely. Uh, there's a lot going on um, in Trans Awareness Week across the country, which is really great to see. Lots of different organisations are organising panels. Um, there's quite a few vigils around the country for Trans Day of Remembrance, which is on Friday the 20th of November, mm -hmm. um, which is a really important day for the trans community worldwide. Um, so it's really nice to see that even whilst everything's remote and a bit difficult this year, that people are still coming together to put those on. Yeah, and I think you, you've, you've sort of put it put it really well there, you know, with everything that is going on, um, people are still coming together and maybe actually people are reaching out more than they would have because of the things that have been impacting them throughout um, 2020. It's been a really challenging time for all of us. Um, I think it's a really difficult time to be a person who feels isolated, which is something that does happen to people in the trans community. So we're really grateful that there has been interest in our events and that people are continuing to reach out and get involved. Alfie, can you um, tell me if you actually link up with other trans um, organisations and and prides? I do as part of Trans Pride Southwest, but I also do in my personal life as well because I'm autistic. So 
I'm the moderator of the Trans Autism Private Group. And ah, okay. So, uh, yeah, they're trans, uh, a private trans BPD group because I have, um, I have traits because I've got PTSD because of something I'm related to being trans. So I'm in, I help to run those groups and I'm the sort of person that I can't ever forget I'm trans because unfortunately I had an injury with one of my surgeries and so um, I've got intermittent numbness in that area now so it reminds me so I've got to try and find some way of dealing with it and my best way of dealing it is to just immerse myself in the trans community. Yeah, I can imagine that that can be um, a really good sort of immersive environment. And it sounds like by running, um, is it one or two of those groups that you run, Alfie? Um, I co-run the BPD group Mm. and I completely run the autism group, their online Facebook groups. They sound really, really supportive. How have you found um, running that? That's a very open question. I'm autistic, so I don't know what you mean by that. Okay, so um, you obviously took the initiative to set up that Facebook page, I'm guessing. No, somebody else did. I joined both as a member and then volunteered to be a moderator when I was there. But unfortunately, I think there's two very difficult things which no moderator wants to do. One of them is exclude a member Mm. because they can't accommodate them. And the second one is to announce a member's died. And I've had to do that three times in one year. Has that been this year? 2013, the year I came out. Oh gosh, so you, you you had a lot going on then? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's amazing that those groups exist and that, you know, that it's, it's again, it's a place for a community to come together. Um, and especially like we were saying earlier, at a, a very difficult time and a difficult year, it's probably even more important for people. This year, actually, we have linked up with another organisation called Unique, based in Northwest. Uh, Wales, um, I got I got a contact through Transcaf, um, which is another Bristol trans-based organisation, uh, because we needed someone to do the after TDOR event in case I was determined to get something for after Transgender Day of Remembrance. So Unique are running our post TDOR event this year. Oh wow, that that sounds really interesting. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Um, I don't know very much about them. All I know is that they run their own Zoom groups on um, on Facebook. Brilliant. Okay. Thank you, Alfie. Spencer, um, regarding Trans Pride Day of Remembrance, uh, what has your group got planned for that day um, and who else is involved? Yeah. So on Trans Day of Remembrance, uh, we host an annual visual Um, So this year it's the same vigil but we're hosting it online obviously rather than in person. Um, So it'll be starting at 6.30 on Friday night. Um, We'll be streaming direct to our YouTube channel. Um, And we're going to be talking a bit about what Trans Day of Remembrance means. Uh, It's the day every year that we honour trans people worldwide who've lost their lives unfortunately due to acts of transphobic violence. Um, So it is quite a heavy event but it's really important for our community to come together. Um, so we'll be talking a bit about that and we'll be reading the names of the people who've lost their lives and honouring them um, with a lit candle visual. Um, so it would be really great if people uh, want to watch that on YouTube and just take a moment with us um, and, and honour those people, that's really important. Um, and that's on Friday night, just before our main uh, set of events, which are on the, the Trans Pride weekend, which is Saturday 21st and Sunday the 22nd of November. We've got a lot more stuff going on then too. 
Um, is are some of these events going to be live, um, like they usually are, because they're outdoors? Yeah, so everything's going to be online. Uh, unfortunately, we're not having any in-person events, but uh, lots of them will be live. Um, so we are having, um, for example, on Saturday, we are having a workshop with an organisation called Gender Swap, which is a trans-led organisation. Uh, and what they aim to do is help people, uh, trans people, with clothes and with expression. So they're going to be wanting a winter-style workshop for us where people can come along on Zoom um, and get some tips from an expert about how to DIY their own wardrobe, um, how to create uh, clothing silhouettes that they might want. If they are curious about trying some sewing or some arts and crafts, that is a it would be a really fun workshop on uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, and we also have our annual meetups on Saturday. So we have uh, three different meetups which are open to everyone. Um, we have a trans feminine meetup, a non-binary meetup, and a trans masculine meetup. And these are really big hits every year. We usually host them in person, but this time they'll be on Zoom. And that's just a great chance for people to chat, make new friends and catch up with people that they might not have seen in a long time. Um, so those are really fun. And then on Saturday night, we're having a Trans Pride pub quiz hosted by our very own Kaz. And she's put together a great quiz, uh, including general knowledge, film and TV, science and tech, uh, and a unique round on trans history. Um, and that will be an interactive quiz that people can play along using their phone or their computer um, whilst they're with us live on Zoom. Okay, we'll fast run out of time. That has gone so quick. Before we go, can you let our listeners know how they can get in touch with you on social media and your website address, please? Absolutely. So we're on social media. We are at TransPride Southwest on Facebook and on Instagram. We are at TransPride SW on Twitter. Um, and people can go to our website, which is transpridesw.webs.com, and we have all of our upcoming events there. Um, I'd like to uh, take the opportunity to thank the organisations that are allies towards us, the Bristol Bear Bar, the um, Old Market Assembly, and also Bristol Pride, especially Darren, who deserves his um, award that he's going to get from Green this year. So thank you so mm-hmm. much to everybody that ever supports us, because... Without our allies, we wouldn't be here. So thank you so much. That's very true, Alfie, and and well put, well put. Thank you, Alfie. Thank you, Spencer. And let's hope all your all your events go without any hitches and everything goes fine. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye. 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 Shout out. LGBT Radio for you. Just Like Us, for LGBT young people. Hello everyone, my name is Arba and welcome to the Just Like Us monthly podcast. Um, My pronouns are he, him and I'm here with Ellie. Hello, good to be here again. Um, My name is Ellie, as you said, my pronouns are they and them. We're doing good, how are you doing? I mean, I'm doing good, how are you? (laughs) I mean, I'm okay. Um, it's currently the American election, so everything's just a bit stressful, everything right now. So um, we're going to have a good conversation today. How are you, Ellie? Yeah, I mean, I feel the same. I'm doing all right generally, but like, I feel like it's just a time when there's like a thousand things going on in the world that are stressful. So yeah. it's good. We're going to have like a conversation that I think will take our minds off all the stresses of the world. And we're going to do a bit of discussion and just celebration of trans identities. Mm-hmm.
I'm just putting this question to you, Ellie. When exactly did you realize you were non-binary and how did you actually navigate that? That is a big question. Um, It's something that I didn't have one moment of realization. I feel like I went through kind of my childhood, my teenage years, being just very confused about the whole thing. I didn't know, you know, I'd always, I always assumed like, well, you know, I was assigned female at birth. I was like, well, that must be me, you know, because that's what everyone's telling me. So, you know, I don't have any reason to tell them they're wrong, but there's some parts of it. In fact, quite a lot of it that just didn't really seem to fit with me. And I always felt a bit odd being put in that box. It always felt like, oh, I don't really belong here, but like, this is where I'm supposed to be. So I'm just gonna, you know, just try and make myself fit into that, into that box. And then I, as I, as I sort of grew up and navigated the world, I came across people who were non-binary and I was like, oh, I didn't know that that was an option. I didn't know that that was a thing. And then, you know, that was in the back of my head for a long while. And I was for a long time thinking, maybe it's me, maybe it's not me. I didn't know, like, because I think I'd spent a lot of my life, like, trying to fit into this box that I'd been assigned. And so, um, I felt very reluctant to accept that that wasn't me because I felt like, well, for this many years, I have done all the the woman things, you know, I've worn the woman's clothes and done the women's makeup and whatever else, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was really weird to get to a point where I, I realized, actually, that's not me. This word that I've discovered actually fits me a lot better. Um, yeah, so I've I've really enjoyed sort of coming into that realization, albeit very slowly and gradually. So just kind of going off that as well, how do you feel um, we could potentially, as a society, make it easier for for young children who are non-binary and and don't know it yet, or transgender? How do you think we could actually uh, create a society which is um, a bit more kind of easier for you know? younger non-binary and trans people to kind of come up in and find their identity? I think for me, um, I always felt what was useful to me and was positive um, in my experience growing up is that I felt able to be flexible within the boundaries of gender. And it was never something that I would be feel ostracized or criticized for to, for example, you know, dress in more masculine clothing or act in a more masculine way, you know, at any stage of my growing up. I was always one of those kids that was like, you know, grubbing around in the dirt and all of this. And I think that um, that's something that, you know, we as a society can do is um, when we see someone acting unusually within their, you know, their gender that we think they are, we perceive it as unusual, let them express and explore because that's really how you find out about yourself. Um, the other thing I would say is just education, because as I mentioned, I was so confused throughout my life because I'd never heard this word before. Um, and I didn't know about trans people. So I think, you know, the education that they're starting more and more to bring into schools now, just giving you some information that these identities exist. Other people have these experiences and this is what some words mean. And the 
resources that are becoming available to young people now i think that's going to make more and more of a change yeah definitely and i do agree with you i think that kind of like just that space just to kind of be yourself and um, express yourself in your time and with your terms i think is um is really important and i think that's something that all parents should and all teachers and everybody in society should allow for younger children just to kind of you know kind of be raised in an environment where they have that freedom to express themselves and in the way that actually you know they can and define themselves so we just want to also speak on and touch on um, the media representation of especially in in recent times the representation of non-binary people you know sam smith uh, janelle monet um for you ellie do you have any kind of like icons or figures or idols um, who have come out as either non-binary or transgender that you can really relate to their experience and feel like bring a positive representation for the community? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it is difficult because there are only a handful of people that are very out within the media as non-binary. Um, someone that I found really inspiring is um, Ruby Rose, um, who identifies as gender fluid um, I just am very inspired by anyone who has sort of gone through a trans experience and made a success of themselves because it just feels like sometimes such a hindrance to your life and that, you know, you sometimes feel like, oh, it's so many people don't accept it and won't accept you being yourself. Um, and to see someone being confidently themselves and moving forward and upwards in their life and making a success of themselves is so positive to me. Definitely, um, definitely. Yeah. I'm not transgender and I'm not non-binary. Um, but for me, one of my biggest idols just in life and role models is, um, is probably Monroe Bergdorf. I just love what she's done. Um, I just love what she's been able to do for, you know, the trans community, uh, the black community in the UK as well. Uh, she's really propelled issues to another level. And I think she's been hugely influential in bringing a conversation about trans identities to the forefront in the, in the UK. And she's done it in such a, in such an educational way. And, um, yeah, she's really become a pioneer, uh, for trans rights in the UK. I love her too and I, I just love yeah. how she's just so like fearlessly speaks her beliefs it's really yeah. you know it's really empowering to see someone just in you know it's empowering to see themselves. anyone just sort of come out yeah and be themselves and say what they yeah. think and um state it strongly and with conviction yeah. I love that so much exactly Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in this week. Uh, we had an amazing conversation on trans and non-binary identities. We hope everybody's keeping safe, especially for, um, you know, the lockdown that's happening now. Goodbye from me. And goodbye from me and have a great month. We'll speak to you next month. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Just Like Us, the monthly show for LGBT young people. The music was by Tristerium. We come into schools too. Young people, teachers and parents can find us at www.justlikeus.org. For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. Uh, Steve Grand and um, All-American Boy there. I always want to say Steve Le Grand. It's not, it's just Steve Grand. Well, that would be Le Grand if you Le did that. <laughs> Steve Le Grand. Oh. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's what, still um, an American cowboy. These days, what is an All-American Boy? Biden. Biden. <laughs>
I wouldn't really call him a boy, to be fair. No. Me neither, me neither. I've got no idea. Good question. Yeah. Biden yes. was extremely good looking was a younger man, I thought. Yeah. Actually. Mm, when, when yeah. I I'm sure he would really zero. I'm sure he really appreciate you saying was. <laughs> well, wow. he is cracking he on is, a bit now. He is, is. He's seventy seven, isn't he? Seventy eight. Yeah. Yes. He's yeah. quite a crinkly. For his age, he's very good, yeah. I was so. gonna say, is he the oldest president of the USA? I believe he's the oh, oldest yeah. president elect, yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. With yes. the with the most votes ever too, I believe. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I believe yeah. so. So well, I think they're, they're still counting, though. Lord. The counterpoint, the counterpoint yeah. to that is that Trump has also got the most votes ever. So, <laughs> wow. Well, he hasn't got as many as Biden, so... No, but what I'm saying is, is that there's st- a lot of people got out to vote and a lot of mm. people still voting for Trump. Huge turnout, yeah, huge turnout. Yeah, you, can tell that, you can tell they're not yeah. British. I mean, the British are renowned for queuing, but we'd never wait this long for a count for a vote, would we? No, no. <laughs> I, yeah. The American system is actually quite complicated. Um, yeah, very yeah, yeah, the whole um, electoral college thing. It yeah. dates back to the days of um, you know when, when travel wasn't nearly as good as it is now, and trying to get those that number of votes all the way across the country or something was quite difficult. So that's why they set up the electoral college system to elect someone to vote on behalf of a state, I believe. I like to think it's the gays that swung the vote for Biden. Well, we all know that Mark really stands for Make America Gay Again, Steffi, so... Absolutely. <laughs> yep. uh, did, did you know there's actually there's actually an election cake that, w- that was made in America from the 1920s onwards? With no, the idea that stay on Oh, no, 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 no. Just, just have a bit of water, be fine. It was actually made with quite a lot of alcohol, with the idea that they were trying to get people to come and vote so they would feed them cake and alcohol. And of course, that and had stopped them to during, vote. Yes. Yeah. And that stopped during Prohibition. So they had to make them cake without alcohol, but obviously some states tried to sort of circumvent the laws. So the idea oh. was that you had an election cake to get people to come and vote. Mm-hmm. There's me, been biscuits when I've voted before, to be fair, so... Me, me and Carl were watching, um, you know, we were just, we sometimes put on just something random um, when we're having lunch and we were watching a BBC Two series called um, The Victorian Farm at lunch today. And I didn't know until I was watching that, that happy birthday and having and celebrating your birthday actually came across from America in about the 1920s or 1930s. And before that, we just it wasn't really a concept in the UK. I can't imagine not celebrating your birthday, you know, no. like, like presents. It's and now if you're Catholic, <laughs> you celebrate twice. You get a Have Saints you? Day as well. Huh? Yep. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah every day. day of the year is a, is a named Saints Day, isn't it? Yes. So, yeah. And, and uh, be honest, how many of you have done your, your shopping for Christmas yet? Um, uh, Not no, really. apparently, <laughs> apparently people are getting so bored the decorations have already gone up I mean, I'm not allowed to in this yeah. house because Carl's birthday is at the end of November you're and, absolutely and right Andy we're banned yeah. here uh, yeah. I've, I've seen you... some really cool pride trees um, so you have know, you like got yours up then nice. Matthew mm. no, no 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 I'm merely oh. referring to no it's, uh, <laughs> there are some houses around here and uh, we've been going out for a walk in the evenings quite quite a bit when the weather's been uh-huh. kind and you can see the houses twinkling uh, a few streets away and, and things so we've been no, actually going around spotting Christmas trees uh, south of the river is that <laughs> yes a very arty <laughs> area you see. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say it, it is very arty and sadly we're, we're almost sort of at a time 
when normally we would be celebrating all sorts of things in our local community that we can't do this year. Yeah. It seems very well, strange. I mean, uh, Diwali's just happened this weekend, hasn't it? And that's yeah. why I had to be in lockdown. And, yeah. and we're debating, do we buy a real tree or, or a fake tree? Because the day they unlock us, there's going to be such a race to go out and get a Christmas tree. We're like, can we be bothered to queue? So... My answer um, to that is no this year, I think. I tell you what, the most expensive Christmas tree I've seen is a seven-footer that's just a few quid shy of £1,000. Uh, real or fake? The fake is pre-lit and it's in Costco. It's oh, £1,000. £1,000. You can get a, uh, you can get a seven-foot-six pre-lit tree yes. in B&Q for £325. Well, I'm sure you could oh, get. I would rather I have say, that's a seven-foot Father Andy. Christmas. <laughs> you would rather have what? Hands? A seven-foot Father Christmas lit up. Oh, uh, do you know what I was going to say? I'm still not inflatable ones. Come on, folks. <laughs> this look. If talking about uh, Christmas trees, nothing compares to that Parisian uh, Christmas tree that was in the Place Vendôme a few years ago. Oh, oh, yes. oh yes. gosh, yes. That a very particular rather. shape, like a sex toy, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Well, have you seen the one that wonderful. they just put up in New York? Half no, the no. side of the tree is missing. The branches are missing. It looks Why? absolutely awful. Well, should it Why not be up against missing? the building then? I have no because it's in the middle of the plaza that's hilarious oh. I know London, London gets one um, given to them every year by, by, one, by, by Norway. Norway Norway yeah. Norway yeah yeah so well I mean choices you can go artificial you can queue for real uh, who knows because I don't know that we know for definite when we're going to get unlocked indeed, um, no, indeed. but one thing is for sure Andy we've got a yeah. lot of fairies to go on top of <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's it for another week it may be lockdown, but Shout Out is still looking for new volunteers, so if you're interested in radio, please get in touch. Head to shoutoutradio.lgbt and click on the link. Um, we'll be back next week um, with another fantastic show that I forgot to write on the script, so I can't remember what it is. But we'll be back next week <laughs> with myself and the rest of the team. Um, say goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Shout out. LGBT Radio for you.